Here we are once again for your extreme and fragrant listening pleasure, the floral duet that is myself, Lucy Nolan, alongside our regular budding lead vocal, the incredibly talented Paulie Hawkins. So welcome to this episode 20 of our podcast. And without further ado, here's Paulie. Lucy, it was worth all those £20 notes I handed you to say those lovely things about me, but it's so <laughs> lovely to be here. And um, it's a lovely late summer day, and it's gorgeous to be with you in the flesh in your lovely kitchen. I know, it makes a nice difference, actually, mm, doesn't it? Just I, to be in the same room. Absolutely. And we've just had a lovely bit of lunch. Lucy does a lovely bit of quiche and salad, so we're feeling absolutely lovely and up for a bit of podcast action. Yes, I think our little treat of our small but um, but rather delicious square of mint chocolate with our espresso coffees just got us pepped and ready to go, Paulie, I'd say. I'm ready for mm. all things floral. Yes, <laughs> go. You go then. Go, go, go. Well, Lucy, it's gorgeous to be here. And this week we are highlighting a really popular and useful all-rounder flower. And it's one that I use time and time again in arrangement after arrangement. It is... Bowl of the drums. I always say that. Hmm. The Alstroemeria. I'm going to repeat that, listeners. The Alstroemeria. It really is the most super-duper-duper supporter. It's a filler, a fluffer, and it's a flowery favourite of mine. And it just gives and gives in every shade possible and wonderful height and just wonderful in every way for floral decorating and in the garden. Yes, I completely agree. I am a big fan of these little beauties. Um, I do buy a bunch every now and again from the supermarket on my way out after a weekly shop. And I do find, as you say, that they do help for a vase and a vessel, Paulie, I would say. Um, and in fact, they do add also colour and texture and weight and arrangement, sort of twiddly-diddly bits. I have some with us today, don't I? Do yes. Yes. They're looking gorgeous on, on your kitchen table. On my kitchen table, table yes. Um, and yeah, popped them in with a little bunch of roses there. And I feel they just add a little bit of something, a bit of background. Absolutely. And mm. I have to say your floral decorating techniques are coming along beautifully, Lucy. I think you've done a, a lovely thing there. So listeners, I, there's a lovely sort of splayage on the table of pretty Alstroemeria and lovely pink roses from a certain well-known supermarket, I should imagine. Yes. But, um, but back to the Alstroemeria. My life as a florist would not be complete, listeners, without this floral stalwart. It's, um, it's such a good old friend of mine, the Alstroemeria. It's, it's just, it's like a good old loyal mate that you've had for years. It's reliable, it never lets you down, and it always performs to the best of its ability. And, um, I mean, let's face it, they're never going to be a peony or a rose or a sweet pea, one of those flowers that makes you gasp. But um, they're resilient, solid, and quite frankly, they can weather a lot of abuse. Anyway, my <laughs> my lovely first sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I was just thinking about poor abused flowers. And often in the back of my van, they're all being thrown around and abused and like that sort of handbrake turns. But we won't go into that. But my lovely flower girls always tease me as this trusty, trusty flower makes a regular appearance on my weekly contract round in good old London town. And it's the most beautiful, brilliant, versatile bloom. They can stand... A week of blasting heat in the winter or a blizzard of air conditioning in the summer. And they're just the perfect backing singer to those big recording artist flowers, as it were. They are the Supremes to the Diana Ross flower and they are the world's unsung heroes. That's the flower world. Mm, yes, I agree with that. And they uh, certainly are. And yeah. they do come in um, a myriad of colours. I know. 
Unbelievable. It, Name your colour scheme, as you might say. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Whether you want to go matchy-matchy yeah. or go wildly clashing. Floral palette. Yes, absolutely loving that floral palette there, mm, darling, on mm. the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. They are a florist's best friend. I mean, don't you think, though, as a, as a lay girl... Aren't they a, a fabulous go-to? Lay, lady, lay. Lay, lady, lay. Um, I do actually. Yeah, I love them. Mm. Yeah. And uh, personally, I mean, you've got a very, you've got a sort of sweetie collection here of sort of, what would you call those? Sort of pretty sweetie shades, aren't they? Yes, I'd call them. Yes, pastely, really pastely yes, shades. Pinky yeah. pastely. But personally, not that I'm dissing your lovely pretty shades there. I like a deep ruby red one, mm. um, and this punchy aubergine shades just. You know, th that, th that sort of lady of the night colour, a little bit mm. kind of velvety. Mm. Uh, they go so well with a hot pink rose or a swathe of lovely lime green Alcamilla Mollis. And that's the first bit of Latin It's today. one of your favourites, Paulie, Mollis. It's yeah. the, the Latin I can actually pronounce, um, which is also called Lady's Mantle. It's that green, frothy stuff that grows in the garden. And um, it's just beautiful. But that's enough Latin for one moment, Lucy, I think. Um, but um, there are lots and lots of different paths from Mary, as I've said. But Sunny, who I buy my flowers from at the market, um, also refers to one as a, a fancy alstro. I, <laughs> I love it. Love Sunny. I know, a fancy alstro. Yeah. Um, and they're frilly and they're flouncy and they're more delicate than your day-to-day alstromaria. Um, and they come in a pretty lacy white and a beautiful, delicate pale pink. And uh, my team always tease me because I always say they look like sweet peas and... Um, Okay, they don't look like sweet peas that much, yeah. but um, they will hold their own in a hot wedding marquee, whereas um, those beautiful traitors, the sweet peas, would be long gone and, quite frankly, rather wilted. Mm. So um, I'm here to celebrate the humble Alstro, resilient, long-lasting, and a brilliant performer, definitely my floral best friend. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You know it's never going to let you down. No. Never going to let you down. Na, 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 na. Okay, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We'll leave people that. People turning off as you start singing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and in fact, Paulie, as you know, we had a fantastic little message left for us all about Alstromeria because he love, love, loves them uh, just as much as you love, love, love them. And that was from the wonderful Ben Cross. So Ben Cross from British Flowers Rock, take it away. Hi, guys. My name's Ben Cross, a.k.a. Alstromeria Ben, a fourth-generation grower here at Crosslands Flower Nursery. Uh, super stoked to be invited by Paul Hawkins and Lucy Nolan for this fabulous Flowers TV podcast. And British Alstromeria, or Alstromeria, one of my favourite flowers, obviously because I grow it, but for a whole host of sustainable reasons. For example, in Britain, it's known as a dry crop, doesn't need a lot of water, and it's also known as a cool crop. So we we're allowed to have millions and millions of stems growing in our greenhouses all year round, uh, running at very low uh, temperatures, uh, unlike growing other crops and types of flowers. We have a smorgasbord, a plethora of different varieties and colours on offer here at Crosslands Flower Nursery, and they make a great cut flower, especially when they're fresh. They can last up to three to four weeks. Uh, some people make them last, and they come in a a radical sort of different vibrant colours, amazing colours from the pale pinks um, to the vibrant cerises and the purples and the whites. So there's always a colour for any um, event um, and they're just a great, great cut flower. And it's uh, British grown, so British flowers rock. Um, thanks very much again for inviting me on this Fabulous Flowers TV podcast. Well, that's really wonderful. So moving on from what Ben said, um, indeed, they do come in a multiple variety of colours, white, red, yellow, orange, pink. 
and the petals sometimes do have contrasting colours as well and even speckled throats as indeed some of mine have on the kitchen table so that's rather good. Originating from South America they are otherwise known as the Peruvian lily or the lily of the Incas and their name actually comes after uh, a Swedish baron whose name was Klaus von Alströmer and he brought the seeds back into Europe in the mid-1700s. And actually, I've got a wonderful floriography fun fact here. Um, the flower symbolizes friendship, and each of the six Alstroemeria petals are supposedly representing a special characteristic. Those six characteristics being understanding, humor, patience, empathy, commitment, and respect. It's as if you're just talking about us, Lucy, really. It's true. Yeah. All of those wrapped yeah. up into fabulous flowers. Um, being long-lived perennials when planted in the garden, Alstroemeria can last for many years. That's handy. And the flower cuttings, as we know and we've just mentioned, are fairly long-lived. So they do last for at least two weeks when they're in a vase, which is absolutely brilliant, I'd say. Oh, we love that. Yeah. And um, if you want to grow these beauties yourself, then you can either plant them in the garden or some in some large pots. Um, they're great for a patio, a terrace, and maybe the corner of a roof terrace. Uh, obviously, they need regular watering if they're mm. in, a, in, a, in a pot. But um, planting it outside in the garden, they like a well-drained soil with plenty of organic matter, lots of lovely compost and well-rotted manure. And um, the best time to plant these little deers would be late spring or early summer, so kind of April, May, and the beginning of June. So that's sort of ideal. But um, you can just about get away with them in August as well. So um, very good thing for the garden. Ha you've, have you got some in your garden, Lou? No, I don't have any in my garden. Shame. Mm, but I think get them in. Get them in. It gives them plenty of time to establish themselves. Mm. And um, as the years go by, they get really, really sort of established. And you get lovely, great big clumps of them. And um, they like to be reasonably sheltered um, and a good little bit of light. Not direct sunlight, but um, a good dose of it. Nothing mm. shady. They're not shady ladies, I'd no, no. say. No, 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 no. But if you are planting in pots, do make sure that the pot you are planting in has... It's sort of big enough. Enough um, space. Yes, yes, mm. enough space to get them all in and keep the plant damp, even in the warm weather. So with enough soil and compost to hold the moisture would be really good. Mm. Um, best to add some support because they can get very, very tall. A nice garden cane with a nice mm. little bit of rustic string could be nice mm -hmm. um but that's a really good idea and there's wonderful colorful plants they can go up to a meter high so Gosh. in a windy windy uh, windy summer they might need a bit of staking but in the winter you should move the pots if they are in pots to a sheltered spot to give them a bit of protection from the frost but um the most fantastic joy with these plants is they come in in a baby no i don't know what i'm saying there mm. they these plants are kind of long-lived perennials. They can last for many years in your border. And the flower cuttings are also fairly long-lived as well, as you just said earlier, Lucy. So it's a general win-win with the Alstrom area. I would say it is a general win-win. Marvellous. Yes, love all that, Paulie. Thanks very much. Mm. Actually, I'm quite ashamed I don't have any in my garden now that we've spoken so fondly about them. And we have uncovered... Uh, I, well, I've uncovered all these facts and you've spoken about how you use them. I think I'm going to add those on my list and I'm going to plant them next spring. So that's me. That's oh, what I think I'm that's gonna a do. very good idea because mm. actually, I have to say, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a what's the word? A liar. Do you have that? No, no, I don't. Well, let's do that. Should we it's both a bit do of that? A confession now coming out in the podcast listeners. So um, <laughs> I think they're a lovely thing to have in the garden. Should so we I both plant? Let's do some. Planting. But I know yours will be better than mine of because course. you always make it. <laughs> 
I will be doing the um, fancy owl stroke because I quite like that double frilly one. I'll just go basic. I'll be popping a little photograph up of mm. the uh, fancy owl stroke so you can see how pretty they are. Mm. Fair anyway. enough. Anyway, so let's move on to our floriography yes. fun facts of this week, Lucy. And um, this is a rather intriguing and, and interesting foliage that's actually a houseplant by nature and a foliage that florists simply love, 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 love. Mm. And it is the scented geranium. Mm. Otherwise known, oh, here we have some Latin coming yes. up. Yes, pop um, Latin for you, Paulie. <laughs> thanks, Lucy. Do you want to say it for me? Yes, Pelagonium graviolens. Okay. Mm. You're a bit shy in coming forward with that one. Yes. <laughs> also known as the rose geranium. Well done, though, with your Thanks, pronunciation. Um, it's known as the rose geranium because it's got that lovely, sweet-scented, old-fashioned rosy scent, um, as well as a bit some sort of lemony and citrusy as well. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. They are rather lovely. And for those of you who can see, if you are watching, as we're doing this one for the first time on our YouTube channel at the same time. Lucy's so got extra lipstick on. Let's see. <laughs> let's see how that goes. Um, they are on our kitchen table, well, my kitchen table, as we're speaking about this. So we're going to do a, a thorough investigation into them right now. The name Pelagonium comes from the Greek Pelagos, which means stalk. Another name for, for Pelagoniums is stalks' bills due to the shape of their fruit. And I think by the word fruit, we're talking about the flower there. Uh, the specific epaulette, graviolens, which is the word on the end there, refers to the strong-smelling leaves. The leaves are deeply incised, so kind of cut or slit, giving them almost a sort of feathery look. Some are very velvety and soft to the touch, and the flowers vary from pale pink to almost white. And the plant flowers from August all the way through until January. The leaves may be strongly rose-scented, although some plants are very strongly scented with other smells and some have absolutely no scent. But the leaves are deeply kind of textured, aren't they, really, and sort of almost flowery in themselves as a foliage, Paulie, I'd say. Absolutely, and they have so many wonderful aromas, ranging from sweet rose to pungent cinnamon. I like a bit of cinnamon and clove, mm, I like that. Yes. Um, and they look sort of, they look just like a, a sort of pretty leaf, but when you give them a little kind of rub between your thumb and forefinger you such a lovely surprise mm. and um and they have an honored place in kate greenaway so she was a very very famous horticulturalist back in 1884 um they were featured in her beautifully written and illustrated book the language of flowers with the rose geranium meaning preference mm. the lemon unexpected meeting <gasps> i like Ooh, that i know it sounds a bit kind of you know, by moonlight. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and and then the, the nutmeg, meaning expected meeting. So mm. mm, going to the accountant. Less or fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but scented geraniums sailed into England in about 1795 from the Cape of Good Hope via the British fleet. England fell completely in love with them for their rainbow of fragrances and their practical uses. The rose geranium could mimic the most costly attar of roses, famed scent um, but I love them and I, th I always think of sort of you see them in the background in something like Downton Abbey yes. looking very kind of understated but mm. they are such a I always say this word performer but they've got that mm. beautiful mm. scent which well is the so smell special. sitting here in my kitchen mm. I can smell them I have to say sort of just wafting and it's quite extraordinary I, I mean I have no idea yeah they're beautiful you've got some in a vase Lucy where do they come from 
Pardon? Where did some lovely cuttings of uh, scented geraniums there? Where were they from then? They came from your <laughs> garden, Paulie, <laughs> because you very kindly, when we were going to get together for this podcast, I messaged you and said, uh, can you get me some of the clippings from those scented mm. geraniums in your so garden? Listeners, we're just going to see if she can actually get them to grow into, what are they called? Cuttings. Yeah, cuttings. I don't know about that, but I have some friends yeah. who are quite good at it's that It's a dipping and a dabbing and a something. Yes. You put root a little bit of root powder. And popping in a something. Yeah. Mm. We'll it's see. just a question of where I put them. I think really. you'll do brilliantly with them. I mm. think it's going to be marvellous. Yes. Well, exactly. So, scented geraniums became very popular and they were always placed in the best spots, particularly, which I love, and you did mention about this when I was doing the research, I, f I looked into it, in the castles in England and also super lovely mansions like Downton Abbey and Castle Howard because they spread a pleasant smell and they overpowered any unpleasant smells and I imagine back in the day before we had quite such marvellous hygiene and cleanliness and shaken vac and shaken vac that would probably be quite a useful <laughs> thing so um, especially in the richer parts of English society the plant was a real must have and the gardener or the butler used to be sent into the greenhouse or orangery to bring the scented geraniums in for popping about the house to impress any visiting dignitaries or house guests with their vibrant and succulent greenery and intense fragrance. So that's rather lovely, and I mm. think that's just great. And then presumably popped them back afterwards because when they'd... You said that, didn't you, Paulie, that mm. when they'd finished using them, they just used to pop them back in the orangery or the greenhouse and then yeah. pop them out next time. So yes, they were so kind of a... Bring them up when they're looking a bit sort of jushy and then yeah. with the flowers looking all pretty. But the scent, again, yeah. it is yeah. beautiful. And the leaves uh, can be used for potpourri, fresh or dried, and flavour sugars, and commercially extracts of Pelagonium uh, capitum are used to make geranium oil. So, mm. yes, love a bit of geranium oil in a, in a oil burner, in a... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you just want to go and sniff them a lot. I do mm. do love mm. them. And, um, well, that's been lovely. I've loved our little kind of walk down the garden path of pelagoniums and scented yes. geraniums. Yes. But let's move on to our fabulous flowers, TV, media and social updates. We've had a wonderful photograph tag that's sent by a, a super listener. Sorry, I just, uh, I'm going to start that one again. So, Lucy, let's move on to our Fabulous Flowers TV and media social updates. Mm. We had a wonderful photo tagged and sent by Andrew Watson, who lives in deepest, wonderfulest... Moistest. Moistest. Andalusia. Why is it moist? Because it's a nice little climate, isn't it, for growing okay. nice things like that? Yes, up in the mountains, mm. in Andalusia. Excuse me? So, Andalusia. I sound like Manuel from... Um, is that proper? That's lovely pronunciation, is it? I want to say fa but that's that's later. Fuckering fuckadash. Yes, exactly. But but in this lovely vase, the lovely Andrew has popped in rosemary and an assortment of other lovely local wild beauties on a gingham tablecloth. And it just looks super with the backdrop of that beautiful blue Andalusian blue sky. And I'm going to pop it up on our fabulous flowers TV social media thing for everyone to see because it's so inspirational and anything can go in a vase. Mm. Uh, so pop on, pop it in a vase, everyone. We want to see how creative you really are. Yes, we really do. So keep sending, keep taking pictures and send us some inspiration. Send us what you're doing, where you're doing it and how you're doing it, florally, obviously. And, um, and then we'll pop that up on uh, Fabulous Flowers Facebook. And if you tag us, that's an at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word. 
So we've been planning, actually, haven't we, Pauline, today, before we had our quiche and salad, um, we were planning a wonderful array of future podcasts, and we're really excited about all these. And we've got films, and we're mixing and matching all kinds of blooms over the coming months. All because of the last six months, I think everyone's probably looking forward to Christmas this year with huge excitement. And it'll be a bit of joy, Paulie, won't it? A bit of joy when otherwise we've had a pretty tough few months of sparseness, unfriendliness, no hugging, yes. no loveliness. And we can make it lovely no. by doing Christmassy things. I think so. I'm ready to sort of ding dong merrily quite soon, aren't yeah. you? I really Get your am. baubles out. Yes, exactly. Pop mm. them on the tree with a bit of tinsel and yeah. whatever you want to do. I think making Christmas your own is what yeah. it's all about. And we're going to bring you tons of lovely Christmassy things. Mm. And it's going to be very special this year. And we've got lots of Fabulous creative ideas for you to um, for you to, ins- to inspire you, really, and for mm. you to copy for your house and maybe your workplace. But um, pretty much anywhere around the place, we'll be just bringing you all kinds of lovely ideas. Mm. And I'm thinking we should really go to town this I year. I agree. I really, really do Really, let's go to town. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We can do Christmassy tips because you've got so many of those. Um, we can do Christmas table decorations. We're going to do trees. We're going to do a wreath. A mantelpiece. Oh, my goodness me. Up your staircase. Get your gilver out. Yes, um, the gilver. All of that. So I can't wait for that. And we'll do loads of films to accompany that. So we're going to bring Christmas joy your way in huge sackfuls. So watch out for that. Santa's got... You'll be no- mummy Christmas, won't I'll you? I'll be mother Christmas yeah. and Santa's got nothing on us. And I can be one of the fairies. You can be one of the fairies. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes, that'll be lovely. Right, brilliant, Paulie. Well, I myself, as you say, do love Christmas. So... Can't wait for that. Um, I'm thinking, Paulie, that after our exhausting podcast, I may have to go and pop a bottle of Whispering Angel into my fridge for a little celebrationary glass, mm, maybe later. I what hate that think? idea. What do I you hate think? it. Horrid. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Okay. Well, obviously, it'll be mulled wine before we know it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes, but Whispering Angel first. Yes, yes. Delicious. With a little kind mm. of an olive, maybe, or... You can be in charge of snacks. I love a snack. You be in charge of party snacks. I'll be in charge of party rosé. And, um, yes, so best I make the spare bed up, Paulie, do you think? I think so. I don't think I'm driving anywhere. No. <laughs> okay. That's a good idea. Anyway, so <laughs> until our next Fabulous Flowers TV podcast, lovely listeners, it's now time to say goodbye. And I'm sure Lucy's going to make me up that, um, um no... So, until our next Fabulous Files TV podcast, viewers, it's, um... So, until our next Fabulous Files TV podcast, listeners, it's a goodbye from me. And in one take, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. It's all right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>